The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. So we say, how is this going to be if you can only trust God? If you can only trust God. When God adds his super to your natural, you begin to operate in the supernatural. Now you see, stop reasoning the supernatural. Now the definition of the word supernatural simply means something that is beyond signs or natural happenings. That's why it's supernatural. It's beyond the normal. Science can, can define the supernatural. Okay, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. The book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. I read, the Bible says that, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded his loins, and he ran ahead or before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm starting a two-part message that I have titled Supernatural Speed. Supernatural Speed. And this is part one. Supernatural Speed. And this is part one. I want us to understand that we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. And living in the last days means we have to operate according to the radar or according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a fast moving spirit. It's not stagnant. He's always moving, and he's moving at such a fast speed. And so, therefore, if the Holy Spirit is moving at that speed, we have to also move on the same level of speed as the Holy Spirit is moving. That's why it's important for us to desire that God gives us supernatural speed in this season. Why? Because the world and the church cannot run on the same level. Now, if the world and the church are running at the same speed, then where is God on behalf of the church? Are you following what I'm saying? That's why it's important for us, especially this year, to desire the hand of God to come upon us, to operate in a new dimension than ever before. Now, we are living in times when everybody wants speed. Everybody wants speed. If you are going for a broadband, you are thinking about speed. If you are buying a bicycle, you are thinking about speed. If you are buying a motorbike, you are thinking about speed. If you are buying a car, you are thinking about what? Speed. So that therefore means that everything around us revolves around speed. Even the food we eat, we now want food to be ready in just 20 seconds. That is speed. So that means every single decision we make in this time is revolved around the speed at which the world is running. So the scripture we read in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 46, the Bible says that, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his loins and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Quick question we want to ask, what does it mean or what does the hand of God represent? What does the hand of God represent? The hand of God in this scripture represents four things. Number one, the hand of the Lord 
represents the favor of God. The hand of the Lord there represents the favor of God. That therefore means that when the favor of God comes upon you, it makes all the difference in your life. Thank God for education, but there is something beyond education. There is an element of favor when it comes upon us. It takes us from the back to the front. And I see that favor coming upon this church, upon the members of this house, in the name of Jesus. What does the hand of the Lord represent? Number two, the hand of the Lord represents the power of God. The hand of the Lord represents the power of God. We are living in times where everybody is in need of power. We need extra power. When we think about phones, we are thinking about power. When we think about, about laptops, we are thinking about what? Power. So the hand of the Lord represents the power of God. And when that power comes upon you, it enables you to do what ordinary men can't do. That was a level of power that was upon, upon Samson that caused him to do extraordinary things. And I see that power coming upon you from today. Let me hear living amen. amen. I see that power coming upon you from today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three, the hand of the Lord represents the strength of God. It represents the strength of God. Hallelujah. Number three, the hand of the Lord represents the strength of God. We need to understand that in these last days, it's not going to be by might, neither is it going to be by power, but it is going to be by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. The spirit of the Lord represents the strength of God. When he is backing you, you are able to do things that others can't do. When the strength of the Lord is behind you, you are able to go the distance where others can go. Everybody is running 100 miles, but you seem to be running 1,000 miles. Why? Because the strength of the Lord is backing you to do exploits. And that is what I see you doing this year in the name of Jesus. Number four, the hand of the Lord represents the speed of God. Oh, I love that. It represents the speed of God. In life, many people are aiming to achieve great things. Sometimes in class, there are people who have done better than you. In class, there are people who have excelled more than you. In life, you start with colleagues and they have gone ahead of you. And sometimes you're wondering, what is it that you're doing wrong? They have gone far ahead of you. Talk about marriage, they've married. Talk about children, they have four or five children. Talk about houses, they have seven, eight houses. Talk about cars, they have different types. And you keep wondering what's happening, but I was better than them in class. Today, I decree to you that the speed of God is coming. I said the speed of God is coming. When the speed of God comes upon you, you might be the, the, the last, but when the speed, the auto power of God comes upon you, you move from the last to the first. And I see somebody moving from the last to the, to the, to the first today. I see it happening. That was a kind of speed that was upon David. He was number eight. He was the last boy. But when the supernatural speed came upon him, he moved from the end to the first. Jesus said, the last shall be the first. And that's going to happen in the name of Jesus. So that's why I said that if the church is running at the same speed as the world, then where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Now, the scripture we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, I want to give you a quick background from verse 41. Now, you know the story. Before then, there was a showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. How many of you remember that? On Mount Carmel. And 
Elijah said unto them, why don't you cry? Cry and, and, and show us your God. And their God could not do anything. Do you remember that? Their God could not do anything. And then Elijah called fire. And fire came down from heaven and burnt everything. You remember that? And all the prophets of Baal were killed. You remember that? Now, after all the prophets of Baal were killed, now, because during that time, because of the sins of Ahab and Jezebel, there was no rain for three and a half years. You remember that? Elijah prayed that there should be no rain, and there was no rain for three and a half years. You remember that? Now, after that, in verse 41 of First Kings chapter 18, the Bible says that, and Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat, drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Say amen to that. Now what you need to understand is that there has not been rain for three and a half years. And the man of God just saw that there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Oh, this is so powerful. Before you see it, you, you first have to hear sound. That's why you need to check the sound you are hearing. That's why faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing what? Hearing the word of God. So that means if you can't hear the sound, you can't see the image. Oh, glory be to God. You first have to hear the sound before you can see. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 verse 3. The Bible says that and God said sound. And God said, let there be light. Are you following what I'm saying? God said there was sound. Let there be light. And what followed? The image followed. So if you want to see the image, you first have to release a sound. You can't keep quiet in this kingdom. If you want a good marriage this year, you have to release a sound. If you want a good job this year, you have to release a sound. The sound you release determines the image you see. That's why no one can shut me down. I see multitudes. I see millions in this church. I see presidents in this church. Oh glory, am I preaching to just myself this morning? That's what I see because you, have, you first have to release a sound before you can see it. I see billionaires in this church. Let me hear a good amen. Now being a billionaire is not a sin. Glory be to God. Being a billionaire will not take you to hell. It's a blessing. So Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Do you want me to tell you the sound that I hear? I hear the sound of God's goodness. I hear the sound of God's grace. I hear the sound of laughter. Oh, where is the laughter? I hear the sound of laughter. I hear the sound of joy. There is joy in this house. This is a depressed house. There is joy. And, and oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you are coming into a season of fullness of joy. You say, what sound do you hear, pastor? I hear the sound of marriages. I hear the sound of promotions. I hear the sound of babies. I hear the sound of wedding bells. Glory be to God. Every Sunday of this year, there will be weddings in this church. You'll be wondering, next we come, you'll be hearing a song. Pa, 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 pa. They say, who is getting married today? Well, it's none of your business. Once you can hear the sound, you just wait for the image. As you can hear the sound, just wait for the image. Once you can wait, Patiently, you will see the bride coming through. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's important you have to determine what sound you're hearing. So Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Verse 42, he said, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Camel. 
and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Verse 43, and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the heaven. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Oh, I love that. Now, please understand that Christianity is a work of persistent faith. You've done it once, it hasn't worked. Doesn't mean you don't have to do it twice. You see, sometimes faith teachers have taught that if you have to do something twice, it's not faith. That's not true. Jesus have to heal the blind man twice. Does that mean Jesus didn't have faith? Jesus is faith. He is the author and finisher of our faith. There are some things God needs process to complete it. And God is a God of process. Yes, I believe in supernatural speed, but sometimes he takes us through process. So the Bible says that he said, go again how many times? Seven times. Yes, you've gone once. It didn't work. Go again. You proposed to that lady once. She didn't say yes. Propose again. I remember when I, 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 I asked my wife, will you be my, my best friend? She said, no. I said, all right, you don't worry. I've already seen the end. I've seen the end. Will you be my friend? She said, no. Will you be my prayer partner? She said, no. What are you going to say yes to? Everything, no, no. Will you be my covenant prayer partner? No. So I keep hearing what? No, no. So before I even ask, I'm already hearing the answer. No. But I didn't give up. You see, many Christians have given up on their purpose because they had no ones. You're trying to buy something and they said no. You are trying to apply for that promotion and they said no. It doesn't mean that you should stop at the first no. Elijah said to him, go again seven times. Verse 44, the Bible says, and it came to pass at the seventh time and he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea. Now, verse 41, he said, I hear the sound of an abundance. Then the servant said, I see a cloud, little. There's a contradiction, isn't that right? I'm believing God for abundance, but what I see is what? Little. That's how God works. God is a God who works with the little. He begins with the seed. You are believing God for something big, but start small. Start small. Start little. God is in the little. Don't allow anybody to discourage you. God is in the little. People might laugh at you, but start little. Start small. Little by little. Little, the French will say, petit à petit. Little by little. Petit à petit. Before you realize, the big is coming. So don't be ashamed of starting little. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, but what do I see? A cloud as little as a man's hand. That's not the place to quit and say, God, I prayed and asked for a big house. Do you know how this church started? It started with two adults, one child. That was little. Little. God has promised us the world. We are going to be a solution to the nations. But how did we start? Little. Look at where we are now. Are we little? No. We are growing bigger and bigger. You see, you have to understand how God operates. Hallelujah. And I love the response of the man of God. He said, once you've seen a cloud as little as a man's hand, now go up. And tell Ahab, prepare your chariots and get thee down before the rain stopped thee. Verse 45, the Bible says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with cloud. 
heart. Now, this is also another, another message altogether. Sometimes you're believing God for something, and all you see that gathers around you is clouds, dark clouds. You're believing God for good news, and all you keep hearing is bad news. Now, you have to be sensitive to the way God operates. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's a cloud. It's a cloud of not good news, but God is about to do something. If you can just be patient enough, God will do something great in your life. So verse 45, the Bible says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. I love that. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Look at that. There was a great rain. The rain is coming. Amen. I said the rain is coming. Amen. I said your rain is coming. Amen. Your rain of goodness is coming. Amen. Nothing can stop that rain in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now I want to paint this picture. When we talk about supernatural speed, I want you to understand that Ahab had the best chariots. Let's say he had the modern day Air Force One. Can you imagine that I tell the president of the United States that we are going to um, Australia. I want you to go to Australia. And then he boards his Air Force One and zooms off. And then the hand of God comes upon me and then I run on foot not on the Air Force One, on foot, and guess what? I get to Australia before he does. That is what I call supernatural speed. Someone say, how is this going to be if you can only trust God? If you can only trust God. When God adds his super to your natural, you begin to operate in the supernatural. Now you see, stop reasoning the supernatural. Now the definition of the word supernatural simply means something that is beyond signs or natural happenings. That's why it's supernatural. It's beyond the normal. Signs can, can define the supernatural. Are you following what I'm saying? So, if we are going to experience supernatural speed this year, we have to trust completely in the doing of the Lord. Quickly, three things we must let go to experience supernatural speed. That is to assume that all of us want to experience supernatural speed. So, if you are going to experience supernatural speed, three things you have to let go. Number one is you have to lay aside every weight because weight will slow you down yeah. have you seen anybody running in the race the Olympics and they are carrying someone behind them <laughs> it doesn't happen that's a weight so you have to lay aside every weight Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So that means there's a race that is set before us and the only way we can run this race is by laying aside every weight. What is a weight? Anything that slows you down. You don't need it. You want to go on a speed lane. Not on a go slow lane. So lay off that weight. 
Someone said, well, Pastor, what are those weights? I can't name them for you. You know the weights. It's your responsibility to lay them aside. Anything that slows you down in your relationship with God is a weight. Sometimes people can be weight. Sometimes what you watch on TV can be a weight. Sometimes what you watch on the internet can be a weight. It will slow your destiny down. Sometimes what you watch on your tablets or on your phone can be a weight. Listen, the internet is there to provide good things for us, but it can also destroy you. Number two, the second thing we have to lay aside or do away with is the cares of this world. The cares of this world. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. The Bible says that Jesus is speaking. He says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. The cares of this world. What are the cares of this world? You're in church and you're thinking about your bills. You're thinking about that contract you're going to sign tomorrow. You are thinking about deceitful riches. How can I make it quick? There is nothing like quick feast. There's nothing like quick. I'm going to make it quick now. Big time. That's deceitful riches. Deceiving you. And many of you have become victims of deceitful riches. Somebody comes to you and say, hey, have you heard? Have you heard? This, 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 this. And this, this, there are all kinds of things out there. There are all kinds of people preying on weak people. Calling them out of their, their savings, lifetime savings. I say, if you put this investment here, you'll get 100% back in two weeks. There's nothing like that. I said, there is nothing like that. The cares of this world will slow you down. The cares of this world. What am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? What school is my children going to go to? They'll slow you down. I, someone will say, Pastor, are you saying all these things are not good? They are good. But remember what the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The third thing, the third thing that will slow you down is what I call the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 and 15. It says follow peace with all men. Say amen to that. Amen. Follow peace with all men. Someone said this is difficult. Pastor how can I follow peace with all men? How can I follow peace with that guy who stole my wife? The Bible says follow peace with all men. Follow peace. See him. Pray for him. Jesus said pray for those who... <laughs> Pray for those who, those who persecute you. <laughs> say, no, 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 pastor. Jesus, Jesus is God. No, Jesus was 100% human when he was here on earth. Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus said, if someone slaps you on the left, turn the right. I said, pastor, are you sure? Yeah, he demonstrated it on the cross. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So the Bible says, follow peace with all men. With all men. Not with some men, but with all men. That includes women also. He said, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know what that lady did. She gossips about me. She's a gossiper. Remember what gossipers do? They gossip. Gossipers gossip. So why would you allow the profession of a gossiper to worry you? Are you following what I'm saying? The profession of a gossiper is to gossip. The profession of a backbiter is to backbite. They can only be behind you by biting. You are ahead of them. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Do you want to see the Lord? I'm not hearing your response. Do you want to see the Lord? Do you know what the answer is? Follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15 says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Oh, I love that. That means, you see, you see, grace is not, grace, please hear this, grace is not a platform to abuse God. Grace is not a privileged right to abuse what God has done for us on the cross. It says we must look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. So that means if you're not careful, you can even fail in grace. <laughs> this is the Bible. This is the Bible. So don't say oh, we are in the dispensation of grace. We can do whatever we like. No, you can fail from grace. You can fail from grace. Now you see, I've heard many preachers say that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of grace. Is that true? That's not true. Grace is not supposed to kill. Right? Grace is supposed to give life. If the Holy Spirit is a spirit of grace, how come Ananias and Safari were killed in Acts chapter 5 for not giving an offering? If the Holy Spirit is a spirit of grace, how come Paul cursed someone by the Holy Spirit? It's getting great in there. I'm loving this teaching. Oh, I'm loving this teaching. So the Bible says, Hebrews 12, 15, it says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. The root of bitterness, look at how the Bible describes it. It says the root of bitterness springing how up. It springs up. And the root of bitterness is unforgiveness. You can't forgive people. That person doesn't deserve you from preventing you from going to heaven. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. They stole your money and so what? Let go. Let go. Don't walk in bitterness. Bitterness will destroy. You see, bitterness, hear me, this is very important. Bitterness prevents the Holy Spirit from working in your life. How many of you have killed a chicken before, a live chicken? You've killed a live chicken before. Just, just, a few people in this church. You eat chicken, but you're scared of live chicken. My wife loves chicken. She loves dead, roasted chicken. Let me put it that way. But she dislikes live chicken. The other day we were on holiday somewhere and there's a place you have to go where you have to feed birds with uh, nectarine. So it's a very ex good, great experience. And so I went in with the children with the nectarine and then the birds, birds come landing and drink it. She was outside the cage <laughs> taking pictures. So I, I went and convinced her. I persuaded her. I said, honey, baby, you can do it. Come on. Come on. Remember what God said. Genesis 128. He's given us dominion. Dominion over the beds of the air. So I convinced her and convinced her. And then she finally came into the cage. Now when you come inside the cage, they lock the gates, that side and that side. 
And then I gave her the nectarine. It's nectarine, isn't it? I gave her the nectar. And then the birds came on her. And she started screaming. Ah! I, said, I said within myself, yeah, you were out there taking pictures and laughing at me. Unfortunately, I had no one to take pictures or videos of her. I would have showed you that video. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So, when you kill a live chicken, so I don't forget my, what I was going to say. When you kill a, a live chicken, there is a part of the chicken that has bitterness in it. And when you kill the chicken, the first thing you remove is that thing. Because what is it called? Pile. Bile. Yeah, bile. I didn't know the name. I, I just, <laughs> praise God. Sometimes you learn new things. So if you don't take out the bowel first, what happens is if it breaks and goes into the chicken, it's destroy the whole chicken. The whole chicken becomes bitter and you can't eat it. Guess what? If there is bitterness in you, the Holy Spirit can't work in you. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of us are bitter against people who are dead. We are holding on to what they did to us. They are dead. They've been buried. We are holding on to those things till death. The Holy Spirit can't work on you. He can't work with you. Even though the chicken is supposed to taste nice, if that thing goes in there, it makes it bitter and everybody dislikes it. So if you don't deal with bitterness, the Holy Spirit can't work with you and everybody, instead of you having friends, people go far away from you. That's why I always say that be careful of bitter divorcees advising you. If someone has bitterly divorced and they are giving you counsel as a newly married couple, be careful. You'll see that bitterness come into your marriage and before you realize your marriage will end up the same way this ended. So let's be careful of the root of bitterness. Listen, human beings are human beings. Human beings will offend you. Hey, you are not a spirit being. You are also a human being. You also offend people. Human beings are ungrateful. They forget. You see, the human brain is wired in such a way that it does not remember good. It remembers bad or evil quickly. Have you not noticed? You forget the good people do to you easily. But let somebody do any bad thing to you after 110 years. You say, especially wives, women, Women. You are not married and you are saying that's right. You, you don't. Are you married? I'm talking to the, I'm talking to married husbands now. Are you married? So how do you know? How do you know what us married people know? Mercy, Lord, mercy. <laughs> mercy. Actually, one of the things I was going to put in is be slow to, be quick to hear and slow to speak. <laughs> I don't know why I took that out. It would have been good for him now. Praise God. <laughs> oh, mercy, Lord, mercy. When you offend your wife, when you offend her, you say something that she doesn't like. After 18 years, she's an archaeologist. She would dig it out and say, do you remember 18 years ago? On the 18th of February, at 8 p.m. and 37 seconds, you were wearing yellow and green shoes. She will remember everything. 
faith thin and dig it out for you. I told my wife when we got married, anything older than one hour, <laughs> it's not permitted to be brought up because we are not archaeologists. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> we are talking about supernatural speed. Isn't that right? Anyway, how did we get there? The Holy Spirit is helping someone. Now, 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 we finish with bitterness. Let's move on. <laughs> to experience supernatural speed, your preparation must be in proportion to your expectation. To experience supernatural speed, your preparation must be in proportion to your expectation. The sad truth is many people are expecting big things, but they are not ready to prepare for that big thing. So three things are also necessary. Number one, prepare. Number one, prepare. First Kings chapter 18 verse 44, the Bible says that, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a cloud or a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. So preparation is key. Preparation is key. Preparation is what? Is key. Number two, prayer. Number two, prayer. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Jesus said, and, ye, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified. In the sun. It says, whatsoever, I love this, this is so powerful. Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now that's a blank check. Anybody have any desires? Yeah. Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask, which is in line with the word. Don't go asking for somebody's wife or somebody's husband. You won't get it. You won't get that one. It says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. So our responsibility is to do the asking. Jesus' responsibility is to do what we are asking. Now, not only that, let's take it further. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So that means every time our prayers are not answered, God is not glorified in the Son. And God wants to be glorified in the Son, so he will always answer our prayers. Say a good amen to that. Say a good amen to that. Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says, if you shall ask anything, wow, blank check, release your faith. Ask God for anything. Amen. Don't be apologetic in your prayers. Amen. And say, oh, Father God, you know I'm a sinner. You know I don't deserve. Who told you you don't deserve it? You deserve it. Oh, just give me a little. Don't ask God for little. God is too big to ask him for little. He says, you shall ask anything in my name. Jesus said, what? I will do it. Say a good amen to that. Amen. So today you have a blank check. When you get home, just start asking. Say, Pastor, so what, what if I ask and I don't get it? Well, have you tried? Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Ask. Keep asking. Knock and the door shall be open. Seek and you shall find. So keep asking. The last one, number three, is power. Number three is power. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 29. It says, he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth their strength. Hallelujah. Finally, as we close, finally, four requirements for speed. Four requirements for speed. Number one is strength. You need strength. 
four requirements for speed, for supernatural speed. Number one is you need strength. You need strength to go on this journey. Number two, stability. Number two, stability. You need to, you see, the journey is long. So you can't be wobbly. You need to be stable. Stability is required. Stability. Number three, stamina. Number three, stamina. Stamina. You need stamina for this supernatural speed journey. It's a long haul. It's a long haul. It's not a short race. It's a long one. We don't finish here on earth. We finish in heaven. We keep running till Jesus shows up. And then the last but not the least is speed. Of course, you need speed if you are going to go at a fast pace. You need speed. Speed. And this year I see you going at a speed. Amen. A speed no man can stop you. Amen. They'll say, what happened? What happened to him? What happened to her? All of a sudden, they're going at a fast speed. And that's what I see you experiencing. I want to encourage you as we conclude this series, this, this first part on supernatural speed. I want you to understand that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think of. Please don't limit God in this season. Don't limit God in this season. I'll share two quick testimonies with you and we'll close. Right in this church, there were a couple who were struggling, believing God for properties. They've been stuck stuck for years the husband was believing God just last year on our expectation card I said beginning of the year write what you want wrote two things number one is promotion number two is a house and he said when he wrote those two things he never believed that he was going to get it because number one his credit rating was poor to get a house in this country, to buy a house on mortgage, you need to have a good credit rating. His credit rating was poor. So I didn't know about this. And one of the services we were having on understanding the language of faith, the Spirit of God impressed upon me to pray for them. So I called them out, the couples called them out and prayed for them. Didn't know what they were expecting, didn't know what was on the expectation card. Prayed for them. Then all of a sudden, this was, I think, August into September. August into September. And then by the time, up till this time in August, his credit rating was poor. Poor, poor, poor. And then all of a sudden, by the time they jumped into September, he got a promotion. And then his credit rating jumped from poor to excellent. From poor to 997. That can only be God. Are you following what I'm saying? That can only be God. And then they applied to, to, to get a house, a four bedroom house. The bank obviously have seen that his credit rating was poor and then all of a sudden it's gone to 997. The bank didn't believe it, so they did four hard searches on them. And so they were delaying their mortgage application, did four hard searches, and then later on the bank came back and said, oh, we, really, we are really sorry, we've done all these searches, but we found nothing, we thought there was something fishy about your, your, your credit ratings, uh, your credit score, and everything was right, and guess what? We are going to compensate you for all this delay we have caused you. And on top of that, we have approved the loan for your four bedroom house. How did that happen? Supernatural speed. Supernatural speed. You ask, how is this going to happen? Don't reason it out. 
Let God do what he wants to do. Last testimony, and we'll close. Another lady in this church, when she came to the church, very broke, very poor. I used to push her car after service. When we closed, I'll be pushing. I said, God, you did not call me to push Meme's car. I said, no, I cannot be pushing dead cars. Praise God. And then one day we called her, we said, you know, you have this is how the process start tithing faithfully, place God first. And when she told us what she was tithing, I, I was shocked. You know, because when you see someone, you, ex- you see that mm, this person is blessed. But there, there was nothing in correspondence to the blessing. And then we taught her and said, this is how you do it and so on and so forth. And then she started tithing faithfully. And then one of the days we finished our services here, we were having an evening service and she was ushering. Just when I stepped out there, I said from the depths of my, my soul, God will bless you at the door. Because she was serving faithfully. Because there is a blessing in serving the Lord. Job 36 verse 11, it says, if they will obey and serve him, they will live their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. I said, God will bless you. Not long after that, within, I think, six weeks, within a few months, a couple of months, she got a new job that three-pulled her salary. Three-pulled her salary. Move from old pushing car to new car. And praise God, I, know I don't longer have to push a car. What am I saying? God can give you supernatural speed in a twinkling of an eye if you can trust him. You see, the thing is, many people don't trust God. We reason God out. If you can trust God, he'll bring you to that level of supernatural speed. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus a better praise. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. 